When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Talk With A Tune. You may think that this is Will's voice has changed, but unfortunately you've got to deal with me, Hodgy, doing the rigmaroles of it all today. I'm joined by our good pals and co-hosts. So I've got Mr. Ali Fraser as the supply teacher and Mr. Alex Gray as the normal regular. How are you folks? Are you well? A winter celebrate, so always happy when uh, we win on a weekend. How about yourselves? Fantastic. Very good. I was a bit nervous with who you were going to call a supply teacher there, given my <laughs> lack of availability recently. Probably me as well, to be fair. <laughs> it's mainly being Ali and Will. But Will does not join us this week. He's still searching for his hotel room in Dublin, where he's been on uh, a stag do for his to-be brother-in-law. So hope he's had a good time and hope he managed to make it back safe. Hopefully he'll be back for the Chelsea game, which is coming up soon on the 11th of March. But we will, I suppose, kick off, uh, pardon the pun, with a 3-0 win at home for Newcastle over Wolverhampton Wanderers. A fantastic performance, I think you'd all agree. We definitely looked back to our better side. Goals from Isaac after 14 minutes. You've got Gordon after 33. And then Tino rounding it all off at 90 plus two. Possession was 44% to us. We were a little bit down. They had 56. We had more shots and more on target. And more goals, which is the key thing that we need to look at when moving forward. Great, you were at the game. What was the atmosphere like? Was it a bit of a anticipation before the kickoff? What, what was going on? There was a good flag display as well, I see. Good flag display, the Mark Knopfler special as well ringing out, which was a joy to hear. But I think everyone just felt a bit nervous because I think I certainly didn't know really what to expect from this Wolves team. Very organised, very quick up front. Got some seriously talented players there like Neto Sarabia. I butchered his name there. Sarabia, yeah. Yeah, he was very impressive in the first half anyway. But yeah, I just didn't know which way I was going to go and said to Josh, who was next to me, that we just need the first chance. And if we take that chance, I would feel a lot more comfortable than that we did, courtesy of Isaac. And uh, got to say, a storming run down the middle by Bruno, who legged it. <laughs> it was so good to see. And if that ball didn't get played to him, I dread to think what would have happened. It could have gone either way. And I think for me, both teams started off quite nervous and almost we were looking to play on the break. And I mentioned Neto and he had that one very dangerous run, I think in the first 10 minutes. And I was like, oh no, here we go again. Skillful little player against Dan Byrne. And yeah, fortunately, I think Dubravka made a good save, but then we got on that break. And yeah, I mean, so good to have Isaac in that position, just following it in. 
and proper centre forwards, poaches goal, be there for the rebound. And yeah, full credit to Bruno for busting a get to get up there. But I also think it was Botman who made that initial pass and tackle to set up that counter attack. So I think we've got to give him some credit too. Yeah, for sure. And I think Wolves in the past, well, I say in the past, further back than the last four games anyway, because I mean, the last four games we've not lost against them, which is fantastic. Two draws and two wins, which now makes it three wins. They have been a bit of a bogey team in the past. Had some a couple of slip-ups, I, I, I can't remember. But I suppose coming into this game, I know we're not a Wolves podcast here, but Ali, did you think a kind of a matchup on that right-hand side with the speed that they pulled with Neto and Sariba? Do you think that was a thing playing on people's mind with Dan Byrne being called up again for the starting lineup? I think everyone puts the spotlight on Dan Byrne again. Typically, as a fan base, we normally like to have a scapegoat. And I think Dan Byrne has been that guy. And I think I've mentioned this in a couple of pods as well. Like, But against... Pedro Neto, you do fancy Pedro Neto every time, but I actually think, and not just Dan Byrne, I think, especially compared to the Arsenal game, every player on the pitch stepped up big time this weekend. Like Longstaff, I thought, you know, he played much better this weekend than I thought. Dan Byrne, the same. Defensively, as a unit, we were much better. Obviously, didn't concede, but you're right. I think you look at the pace of Wolves with Sarabia and Pedro Neto and you're thinking, you know, don't really fancy our chances and it could be quite nervous to start with. But I think we did our defensive duties well, especially Dan Byrne. So yeah, I was really, really happy. I think you can normally tell how we're going to play within the first five, ten minutes, you know, whether we have a lot of possession, whether we're quick in transitions. And I think I kind of saw that a lot more in the Wolves game than I have, you know, let's say against our last home game against Bournemouth. Yeah, I felt like going into the game, I was a bit nervous. But after watching the first five, ten minutes, the nerves had settled. And then obviously, you know, getting the first goal, I think it was in the first 20 minutes. Great counter-attack. And I actually think it was Eight Nuri who tried to pass it into the box. And it was Cher who intercepted, passed it out to Gordon with a lovely sweep and ball. And then, yeah, obviously countered. So I think after our first goal went in, the nerves had well and truly gone. But you're right, first five, ten, you're a bit nervous when you look at who our full-backs were up against. Yeah, for sure. I think two things to unpack there. We've got the goal, which we'll go into, and then there's a, a bit of a question on the Sean Longstaff thing when he said he didn't play too bad. BBC Sport having a, a 3.74 out of 10, but we'll come on to that. <laughs> so yeah, he's that goal first off. It is Shaw that makes that interception and then key pass forward again to Gordon out on the left. Gray mentioned that Bruno is absolutely busting the gut. I've never seen him run so quick in his life with his little legs <laughs> and running in treacle kind of movement. His arms were pumping so fast. <laughs> he wanted to make that ball, didn't he? 100%. Do you know that last time when we beat Leicester, I think it was 2-1, we literally scored the last kick of the game. Like Bruno was sprinting to get his head to the ball. It felt <laughs> a bit like that. He was absolutely busting a gut, bless him, but managed to get the ball. A decent shock, decent strike, but it gets blocked, but falls pretty kindly to Isaac, who just easily slips it in, I suppose. I thought Isaac early doors was going quite well. I suppose after that first 14 minutes, in the stadium was it a sigh of relief when it went in once they, all the celebrations had calmed down like you say it just felt like a big sigh it wasn't really a big cheer it wasn't a big kind of huge celebration it was like thank fuck yes we've kind of <laughs> broken this deadlock and it yeah like I said it felt very much like a game of chess like who's going to break first and it was so important that we did and I think the whole stadium felt it as well and mm. yeah certainly the noise wasn't its normal self after that goal because I think like you say it was just a big exhale from everyone who could then sit back in their seat a little bit more comfortably 100% and the second point to come on there Ali says Longstaff played alright in his mind like I just mentioned before 3.74 out of 10 um, on BBC I didn't really see it to be totally honest I think I, well 
I'll, I'll go to you then, Ali. I'll go to you. What What did he do well? And if you are going to replace him, who who was taking over that role? I did, well, out of the midfield three, I would have had Miley in, instead of Longstaff, right? But I'm comparing it to the last five games before Wolves, effectively, where I think Will and I were mentioning he was just chasing shadows. I yes. actually think he had a bit more of a foothold in the game. Not to say he obviously had a blinder, but I thought he played a lot better. I say a lot better. Okay, maybe won't use the word a lot, but I thought he played better <laughs> than he had in previous games. I do think there was one point in the game where I think he was surrounded by four players and he managed to get himself out of the situation. Whereas I think, you know, if he was in the Arsenal game, he would have been caught and we would have lost possession. But uh, yeah, I thought he played a lot better. However, as I say, I would have had Miley in the starting lineup. And I know one other player that we'll probably come on to shortly, Joe Willock, completely transformed that midfield. But I'll let us get to that shortly. Yeah, I think just on long stuff, I mean, he his performance was greatly improved, like Ali said, from previous games. But I mean, he couldn't really get much worse, could he? Let's be real. But I don't know. I think he did do a lot of the dog work again, which we expect from him. He probably covered a fair chunk of ground. But there were so many times he just picked up the ball, made a mistake or misplaced a very easy pass and it was just a little bit frustrating to see but I think he is getting there but like Ali says I think it would be good to see Miley a little bit more but again I think we've got to be careful with him he's only 17 got to manage his minutes but I think we're a little bit spoiled for choice which we haven't been in that midfield position now I think Anderson's coming back he still needs to get plenty more minutes in his legs Willock just we've missed that ball carrying centre mid since Joe Linton got injured and it's so so good to see him back we are just struggling a little bit with that third midfield position and how does the setup work do we push Bruno a little bit higher which has worked but then Bruno is playing a little bit deeper again yesterday so it's uh, it's just trying to find that balance I think and unfortunately I think Sean is bringing a little bit of imbalance to that midfield but maybe some of it was because Wolves midfield aren't quite as strong as yeah Odegaard's, Jorginho's, et al., which are world-class players. Yeah, and I think he is a professional athlete as well, and he will be trying his best. I don't think he's just throwing games as he goes around. There's been people around him that have probably been doing the extra work and making it better, like I think Will said in the last podcast as well, like missing that Joe Linton helping him out, I think is probably quite a big thing, if you'd agree. Yeah, I'm not sure if Joe Linton helping him out. I think he clearly runs about, he gets himself in the right positions. He's a threat going forward. I'm still a big fan of that run he makes just inside the fullback, between the fullback and centre-half. I think it's a serious threat. There's just something defensively missing, but I think there has been throughout the team recently. So, And I think it's a little bit unfair to say that he's been carried by other players, especially last season as well. I think he was a key component to that midfield last year and we saw when he was out injured, we were a different team, but... I don't know what it is. There's just something not quite clicking this time round. And hopefully it's just a blip in form and something does change. But As fickle as we are as football fans, I guess. Uh. Oh, yeah, massively. <laughs> Especially Newcastle fans, aren't we? Um, 100%. <laughs> okay then, one word from both of you. Nothing else but one word. Keep for Chelsea or drop? Long stuff. Ali first. Drop. Drop. Great. Keep. We thought about that one. I think we keep as well. I think he's probably due a good game, I think, as well. And I think he does fit in quite nicely into our system as well at the minute, which is key, trying to keep the ball rolling, I guess, with with who starts. I mean, the Dunburn thing is obviously still up in the air, but we'll get to that one as we kind of go along. But I think we do keep Longy as well. Anyway, moving on, there is more goals to talk about. We've got uh, Anthony Gordon, 
Shaw again with a, a nice ball through to Willick. Long ball through, uh, who then puts another ball through for Murphy on the right-hand side with a first-time cross into quite a dangerous area. Obviously made Saw and Kilman think because they both collided into each other and the ball popped out to Gordon for pretty easy finish. Up to that point, Ali, did, did you expect another goal to be in the next kind of 10, 15 minutes after that one? Or, or were you thinking, oh, here we go again, are we just going to have the lead and squander it, I guess? Well, I guess that would be very much in the Newcastle United handbook, wouldn't it? You know, we go and get the first goal and then we get to the 90th minute and then we look a bit shaky and then we concede two at a time. And I feel like that is normally what we come to expect sometimes. Although if we got to 1-1 at like the 91st minute, I would have just switched it off because I am actually quite fickle at these days. Not like I'd like to admit it on the pod, but there we go. Uh, (laughs) He felt like there was another goal coming. And I have to say, our attacking outlet this weekend was very strong. You know, we've got a lot of pace in both Anthony Gordon and in Jacob Murphy. Jacob Murphy, you know, likes to kind of whip in those balls first time, put it on pretty much a plate in a very dangerous area in the box. And yeah, Anthony Gordon, the man that you kind of want in that position, stepping up and put it in the back of the net. But yeah, I felt like we looked quite comfortable up top. Like what we've been doing in the last few games, Wolves actually left a lot of gaps in between their midfield and defence, which mm. meant that Anthony Gordon could pick up the ball and run at the defence. And uh, obviously, he's very good at that. One-on-one, he's the kind of guy, well, him and Isaac, one-on-one. So those are the two players you want um, in those positions. So yeah, I thought the second goal came at the perfect time and it really took the wind out of Wolves' sails, I thought, mm. going into half-time. What were your thoughts on that one? Well, it's always nice to score two, isn't it, I guess? <laughs> and yes, definitely yeah. have it before half-time. But the way that it all came about, it was all pretty quick. It was all pretty fluid. And I, I like to see that when we break quick. I think if we don't break quick and we don't take a hold of the chance, the teams that we play against at the minute, they flood back. And it's always hard for us to break teams after that. Great. Yeah. Did you have a point to bring in for this goal as well? Both our first two goals, well, even our third, really, just prime counter-attacking football. And I think it's just how we like to play. Uh, Wolves just looked a little bit unorganised with their fluid, well, 3-5 at the back. And I think we exposed their two-man midfield really, really well. Just that space to attack on those breaks. But when Willick passed the ball to Murphy, I was screaming for him to pull it back to Willick to have a shot from just outside the area. And I, I wasn't very happy when he crossed the ball in. But I mean, yeah, a little bit of fortune. It's about time we had a bit of fortune, isn't it? To cover deflections through to Gordon and just relieved that it all came good in the end because Willick was in a prime, prime space to have a shot there. 100%. I think Willick, like Ali said before, had a fantastic game. There is a kind of chance that he had later on, which I'll ask you questions about. But going at the half-time break at 2-0 up was fantastic. Came out the second half, uh, but we had injury scare early doors for Trippier. I think it was on about the 58th minute where we seen Tino come on. Kieran Trippier has played every single game this season so far. He's not missed a single beat. He potentially might be out. They don't fully know the extent of the injury at the minute, which is a little bit of a scare if they haven't managed to get something straight away. How much of a miss is he going to be? Or are you confident with, I suppose, Tino at that backup on the right-hand side? It gives that thing of the, who who does it for the Dan Burn? Does he stay on now? I think if he, if Tino does play, then it's obviously going to have to be Dan Burn on the left-hand side. But what's your thoughts on that, Gray? Uh, Trippier being missed or will Tino come straight in and fill some pretty big boots? I mean, I think we're pretty lucky to have Tino sat on the bench. He's an incredible player and he just brings that bit of pace to the defence, which I think we're missing at the minute. Tino just 
gives the opposition that little bit more to think about the way he carries the ball. And I mean, that was shown for our third goal. Pajuri may still be out a little bit defensively, but he's quick enough to make up for any slight blip or mistake he's got. And the bloke's still young, so he's bound to make a few mistakes. But I think we're in a very, very fortunate position to have him as a backup at the moment and can play either yeah. side. But if Trippier is out, then it makes sense for Tino to come in at that right back, his more natural position, and then keep Dan Byrne out left. Yeah, calf injuries can be little nasty ones as well, so it can be a couple of games on the sideline. But like I say, we don't know as of this moment. This is 7pm on Sunday the 3rd of March, so we don't really know just yet. Uh, nothing's really been released on anything that I've kind of seen anywhere in the news. Moving on, Ali, you mentioned about Willock before. I'm going to come to you here. Had a fantastic game, had a chance to score at the end, but his header was knocked off the line after a damn burn cross. How much would have that done his confidence coming back in after injury? And there would have been the icing on the cake for him in that Wolves game, for sure. Because obviously he got the goal against Arsenal, it would have been very Joe Willock, you know, Steve Bruce era, to start scoring in consecutive games. So, ah. And I mean, I thought the whole build-up before he got the header on goal was really great. Obviously, you know, Gordon, bit of trickery in the box back heeled it to Dan Byrne Dan Byrne whipping it into the box on a plate for Joe Willock and I think it was Totty the Wolves Totty yeah played it off the line and yeah I, I thought it would have been a great team goal uh, it would have done him the world of good but I thought he could obviously take his performance from the whole game and be really happy with what he managed to produce I thought in transition he was essential he was able to pretty much turn on a pin and just distribute it to the wings he worked really well in tight spaces and was always looking to drive forwards. And I think mm. that's what Willick really brings when you kind of compare having the midfield three of Bruno, Miley and Longstaff with the latter two kind of like running through treacle, you know, quite slow. Whereas Joe Willick gives you that pace. But yeah, I think to have capped off a fantastic performance of goal would have been lovely. It would have been fantastic for her, I think. And oh, yeah. I think it wasn't too long just before he uh, got subbed off, but I don't think it was because of that. I think he had a very good game and I think it was just resting him and managing the, the players' legs that were on the pitch. You saw Miley come on for Willock. Miggy came on for Murphy. Bonds came on for Isaac all at 70 minutes. Gray, Miggy came on and, and had a had a chance fairly early into his game. I think uh, Miley gets the ball back uh, off Bonds on the edge of the box, plays it into Bruno. Bruno with a little no-look pass through to him where he takes a nice touch, but the finish just wasn't quite there. Would you have expected him to score at that point? Or what What was your feelings of uh, of that chance from Miggy? I think it was quite a tough one. I think uh, obviously Wolves had, had changed their goalkeeper as well at half time, so I think it was the first real test that he had. And I give him a little bit of credit; he was there positionally and stood up. And yeah, I just think maybe the angle might have been a bit too tight for Miggy this time round. But I would like to see him scoring some of those, or at least trying to square it if he recognises that that shot isn't on. I th- I mean, he's a different calibre of player, but someone like Phil Foden wouldn't necessarily have shot there. He, but he hit the target and he controlled it really well. Can't be too critical for him there, I don't think. Yeah, and I think when he came on, he did do quite well. He was obviously getting himself into positions. He's still doing this left foot turn, left foot turn, left foot turn, and then turn inside, which is still really annoying me. But he did manage to actually make some passes with his right foot, which definitely surprised me a little bit. But yeah. I think moving forward, I think if he if you're going to add something to his game, it would be getting his head up in these kind of areas. Like you say, Phil Foden's a, a complete different class of player, but at that, at that time, he might be able to pick someone out. But we're not going to dwell on that too much longer because we do have one more goal to talk about, which was Tino, shot again, 
with a long, accurate ball. I think it was the third time he's played the kind of pre-assists into things. Ball through to Tino. Tino takes a fantastic run all the way into the box, quite driving at the defender with his speed, which is fantastic to see. Nicely worked little jinx inside the box. And I think he does mean that little improvised little push finish just to poke it past the subkeeper for Wolves. Ali, at that point, game over completely. Obviously, 90 plus minutes has been played. How did you feel about that? And, and, and Gray put in before, first home win since mid-December, so it must feel even better. That long? Bloody yeah, hell. it's hard to believe, isn't it, Biff? We've been starved of some nice times with Newcastle United this season, but uh, that is, uh, I, I didn't realise that. That's quite crazy, actually. Oh, man, I just fucking love Tino. What a player. He is, I think, a very versatile player, and I'm surprised he sits on the bench the amount of time he does. But, uh, yeah, he definitely meant that. And I think he deserves that goal out of the performances he's given us uh, when he comes on and makes his appearances. Everyone thinks he's a fantastic fullback and loves to see him on the pitch, albeit for the likes of Dan Byrne or Kieran Trippier. Yeah, we're quite fortunate that he can actually slot in at left back or right back. But uh, this is kind of the hallmark Tino that we know, you know, driving runs from the middle of the park forward, either getting into dangerous areas and crossing it. But thankfully this time he manages to take it on himself and uh, he definitely meant that. If Arsenal fans playing that, that Dennis Bergkamp managed to turn Davies ass <laughs> inside out and slotted pass given. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite as sexy football, but you know, as Newcastle United fans, we'll take them as they come. But yeah, I'm, I'm pleased he managed to squeeze it in. And it was, I thought it was a great way to, to round off a very, very good win. So, yeah, I was very, very happy to see him get on the score sheet. Oh. Yeah, kicks off his campaign very well uh, in terms of goal scoring, which is which is fantastic to see for him. Great. At that point in the stadium, was it electric or or was there a, a bit of a muted applause since quite a lot of people, again, seemed to leave quite early? Why do you have to ask me this? <laughs> I just wanted to play with you a bit, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think only half the stadium got to see that goal because... Most of the seats are empty, but I'm going to be very restrained in my answer to that. Love it. <laughs> Sound well. We'll go to a half time. Well, it's not really going to be half play. It's going to be more of a two third break. Can I give one player a oh, shout out before we do? Of course you can. Yeah. Again, we've just got to shout out Dubs. He made a couple of key saves. And I think some of the defensive organisation was far, far better. And I think he's just riding on a high from that Blackburn victory and that penalty shoot out win. And... I think he he deserves a special mention as well from my eyes. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, was it. I think they only actually managed three, maybe four shots on target, and three of them were were fairly late in the game when we were playing a bit more that defensive uh, in that defensive kind of period just before Tino broke away <laughs> after that penalty shootout. He's obviously feeling fantastic about himself and his performances at the minute. And fair play, he's got to put his performances in because potentially you're looking at April time. Maybe is that uh, Nick Pope comes back? I don't think you'd be shifting him at the minute in goal you've got to keep him to the end of the season for sure but he's obviously got that in his mind where he goes yeah I want to set, like cement my place um, which is totally fair and right for a professional footballer to do sound well we're going to a half to like I say three quarter time break I guess and then we're we'll back after the short message hey it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film If only in theatres May 17th do you want to tell people the big news 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, and we're back. Uh, we should probably chuck in some of the socials as well, otherwise we'll have a go at us because I usually have a go at him. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at TOT underscore podcast, Twitter or X as it's known now at TOTT podcast, search uh, Talk of the Tune on Facebook, and you can find us on all major podcasting platforms, oh, tongue twister, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, whatever you, whatever you tickles your pickle really. Right, moving on then, big game and a big chance I feel that we've got coming up on the 11th of March against Chelsea, which is away at a, another stupid time to be playing football on a Monday night. Was the kickoff eight o'clock? I think it is. Thanks, Premier League. It's just ridiculous, man. But you know that will travel down in our absolute droves. Chelsea last three Premier League appearances is a two-two draw with Brentford, a one-one versus City, and they won at home, I think, to Palace. What are you thinking for this game, Gray? Are you liking our chances against the Chelsea, which is up and down like a yo-yo in form? Yeah, I think they're certainly a team for the taking. I think they have spent a huge amount of money on some potential duds, albeit they are still a fairly young side, but it will very much come down to the form of Cole Palmer and Sterling and what they could produce on the night. But if we can keep them quiet, then I think they are certainly there for the taking and especially given our consistency in finishing at the minute I think yeah if we get a couple of chances I can see us winning the game and I think we certainly will get a couple of chances well looking at the kind of past fixtures the last five including Carabao Cup and I suppose club friendly games we've not lost there's been a couple of draws and two wins I'm not actually fully sure what it is in the Premier League but if you take all those into account you must be feeling quite good Ali 100% uh, you would be feeling quite good. With our current run of form, you know, coming away with two wins, granted one was a penalty shootout. I don't want to jinx it because I know I'll be sitting there Monday night being like, oh, I'm right, I'm ready. And then we'll come see within the first 20 minutes and be like, I wish I never fucking said that on the podcast because I know I've jinxed it. <laughs> but I really fancy our chances against Chelsea. I think we're a different team physically and mentally when we played them in the Carabao Cup. I've watched their performances recently and, you know, watched them against Brentford and I didn't think they were the strongest. I thought they were quite lucky. So, yeah, I'd like to see us go to Stamford Bridge and try and get something. Uh, Even a point, you know, I'd take that. Three would obviously be fantastic. But, yeah, I don't want to go there and just kind of succumb to the Chelsea pressure. I just don't think Chelsea are that type of team to really put us under that type of pressure. So, yeah, I would like to see us get there and get a result. I think man for man, we're probably on par, but I think our players coming on the back of a 3-0 win against Wolves, who aren't a struggling side this season. Yeah, I, I think we'll be kind of fancying our chances going into the game. But uh, yeah, you know, the Premier League always has a couple of tricks up its sleeve, so you never know what's going to come from it. But I guess the upside with a Monday night game is we get to see the results Saturday and Sunday 
And if results go our way, then some of the players might think it's a chance to uh, keep creeping up the table. We've got to go into this fairly confident. Uh, going down to London has never really been so fruitful for us in the past, but now we've got a bit of momentum, I guess, and, and a bit of belief in the players and also some players back who are chomping at the bit to get their, their spot in the team solidified for themselves. I think we've got a very good chance. Apart from Cole Palmer Gray, is there anyone else that gives you nightmares in that team? They've got um, obviously Conor Gallagher, England international. Chilwell, I think, pushes a bit further forward now. And then Jackson started scoring a couple of goals of recent. So, Like I said, I think only really Raheem Sterling. I don't want to name any individuals because I know they'll probably go out and have an absolute stormer against us. <laughs> I've certainly been critical of a few of their more recent signings and... Yeah, I'm going to stay tight-lipped because I don't want to, to jinx this. All right, then. Sorry to be really boring. <laughs> no, you can ask me the same. Go on, then. I'm staying tight. No, I'm joking. Uh, I, really, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's going to start strange because he's a defender, but Dasazi, there's something about him that I just find. I think he's a very, very strong defender and he's a very progressive defender. But yeah, for me, I think he's one of their stronger players. And I do agree with Gray, with Sterling. I think he's very, very strong. And he always, like, I feel like he's the type of player who enjoys playing against us and he always manages to get on the score sheet somehow because he did at St. James's Park. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't rate Conor Gallagher. I've said it now. Sorry. I know, Gray, you said you didn't want to say anything. Shocking, <laughs> Especially given the goals he's scoring at the minute. That's why I'm yeah, going to say <laughs> Oh, God, I'm going to regret this next Monday. But, yeah, Conor Gallagher... I th- Watching him against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, I was like, how are you a professional Premier League footballer? Yeah, he just scoffed so many chances. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about him. But look, if we concede to a Conor Gallagher 92nd minute winner, <laughs> I'm more than happy for you to drop me for the next five pods because then so... I won't be able to say shit and I won't jeopardise our season. But uh, yeah, I'm going to die on first. that. I'm going to die on that hill. I'm dying Good. on that hill. I like it. Well, Conor, Conor Gallagher, we were linked with a while back as well, and Desassi, we we're also linked with. So it's going to be interesting to see how they got on. Uh, I think in terms of our chances here, I think Gordon coming up against their right back Gusto, I think he'll just turn him inside out. I think he's got the pace over him and uh, Desassi on that side. I think we'll probably see a very similar lineup. Uh, so that front three of Murphy, Isaac, and Gordon is probably pretty locked in. I would say from now on. Do you see any changes in this game before we go to the uh, predictions, Gray? The only potential change we might see is possibly Miggy may get a start ahead of Murphy. Okay. Just go back to those inverted wingers. But, and also, depending on Trippier, I think uh, Livermento yeah. will probably start at right back. But yeah, apart from that, midfield will stay the same and yeah, bring it on. I'm just quite excited to see, see how we play. Ali, any changes for you? I agree completely with Gray. I think this is the type of game you have Miggy on from the start. His, his work rate will help out. And yeah, obviously if Trips is out then, I'd love to see Tino. And because I said drop Longstaff earlier, I obviously have to say he would come in in his place. So yeah, I would say Miley. I think that would be the most sensible switch if I was to drop Longstaff for this game. But those would be my three changes going into it. Uh, what would you say, Hodge? On on that trippier point, it all depends if if he is injured and if he is going to miss some time out. Uh, so you'll probably see Tino in there. Apart from that, I think it's uh, wash, rinse, and repeat. Pretty much, it kind of seems what Eddie Howe likes to do until he's forced to make a change. So yeah, I think it's going to be pretty much the same. And I'm pr- I'm quite happy with it. To be fair, um, like I said before, Longstaff maybe he's, might get a drop, but I think we'd keep him just for the kind of keep that ball rolling and keep the keep the mentality the same. I think in that midfield three. Right, predictions then. 
Gray, do you want to start us off with your predictions, see what it comes in? And if you want to give us a goal scorer as well, give us a goal scorer. Just a single goal scorer. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, uh, just one com- one of the one of the five goals that are going to be scored, obviously. <laughs> well, straight away, Conor Gallagher to score for Chelsea. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. oh, really? <laughs> fuck this. Oh, no. I've ruined our chances. No, I'm, I'm feeling quite confident. I'm going to go for a 3-1 win because our mate Sean Longstaff is going to mark Cole Palmer out the game and not touch the football. I don't know why, but I thought you were going to turn around and give your excuse was just going to simply be because we're fucking massive. <laughs> but uh, no, you gave a logical, it's going to be as long as Sean Longstaff. <laughs> I thought you was going to go because Ali's normal, uh, oh, Sean Longstaff's going to score a brace now. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that to happen. Longstaff, Brace and Conor Gallagher to score. But uh, no, I think the goal is going to be split between Isaac and Gordon. To agree, you're going 3-1, yeah? 3-1 win. Ali? Before I go into my predictions, honestly, if Sean Longstaff scores, as well as Conor Gallagher and Dan Byrne, I swear those are like the three harbingers of the apocalypse. Worth a pound, in it? <laughs> yeah, we're all going to die the next day if all three of them <laughs> score, that's it. <laughs> the Siri horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. The three English footballers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to just say 1-0 to us, but out of the last nine games that we've played, 44 goals have been conceded. So goals obviously follow us whatever game we're in. So I'm going to actually up it to 2-1 win to us. And I'm going to go for goals for Murphy and Gordon. Both wingers. Okay, Murphy and Gordon. Like it. A goal from the bench for Murphy. Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to come on second half. And no 92nd minute winner from Conor Gallagher for for you, no? It'll be a consolation goal. Right, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sound. I'm going to say 2-2. I think we're going to draw. Um, I, I'm not fully confident that we're going to keep a clean sheet. Neither are you two, to be fair. Um, but I think there are definitely going to be goals in this. I would say Big Botman from a header, from a corner, I think. Yes, is, um, that's is what, what we love to hear. That's what I want to see and what I think is going to happen. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll back with that. So, well, we're all going for some positive result, at least. I'm going for one point. You two are going to take all three points, which would be fantastic to take us up that a little bit further, especially, like you say, some games will be getting played on the Saturday and Sunday, so we'll find out on the Monday where we finally land up in the league table. Yeah. Thank you very much for joining. Can I just say one thing? Sorry, I know you're going to try and wrap it all up because you've been a fantastic host. You're probably better than Will. I'm only saying that because you're here. But (laughs) the point I was going to make was, because I know I'm going to listen to this back, the pod's actually the only time I actually listen to me voice back. I always used to hate it in the French lessons. But Alistair... Change Trippier in your fantasy football team when you're listening to this. I know I forget. You're going to be really freaked out by this at one point. You're yeah, going to be listening know, and you'll be like, what some, the like, fuck? Like, some, some inception nonsense going on here. So yeah, make sure you make that change. And I also want to make a quick shout out. And this is semi-football related, but it's not a shout out to a footballer. Manny Singh, the Wolves fan who walked from the Molyneux to St. James's Park, raising £52,000 for dementia. Cool. I think it's oh, a fantastic, fantastic achievement. And uh, yeah, he arrived just before the game. So I just, you know, I know no Wolves fan will listen to this, but I just want to obviously appreciate it. And uh, yeah, just drop in that little shout out. No, that's really good. I didn't even know that, actually. That's 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 mad, that, doing that walk. That's a kind of trek, that, I think man. it's 195 miles, yeah. That can hell. It takes about nearly four hours to drive that normally if, you, if you're going <laughs> straight up the road. Fucking hell. Maybe we should do that in the future, eh? Should we walk through a game? Ali, you can walk from London, right, to St. James's, and I'll walk <laughs> from my house. Yeah. He guarantees it tickets and uh, membership points. Yeah. 
Uh, Alistair, like when that. you're listening to this back, do not agree to that. Say no. <laughs> <laughs> love that, love that. Well, yeah, unless anyone else has got any other points, we'll call it there. Thank you very much for joining us, chaps, and we'll see everybody in the next one. Adios. Ciao, bye. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us going, passing the books along the road. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.